Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com. Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720. Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois. With me is Father Loya of the Annunciation of Mother of God. Father Loya, why did you decide to participate in today's event? Well, I'm here because there's a solidarity between all of us Christians, and this was a heinous act of persecution against Christians. I'm here to support my brothers and sisters in Christ, especially in particular those who are the Eastern Christian faiths, uh, which I am as well. So we're here in support and solidarity in prayer. Why should the world care about the Syrians in Iraq? Well, the world should care about any kind of genocide and persecution, especially religious persecution, and particular Christians, because Christians have a message of love and peace for the world. So if you wipe them out, you're, you're endangering that message of love and peace for everyone. The uh, American government has been known to help the Kurdish uh, people of Iraq to get established. How, in your opinion, can the American government help the Assyrian Christians of Iraq? Well, for one thing, we still have a military presence, although it's been scaled back. There's still a military presence, and we still work with the military in Iraq. I think, first of all, there has to be uh, instructions to the military there to, to, in fact, protect these Christians, protect innocent people. Uh, and they have to do it militarily. They also have to put pressure on their government to step up its ability to protect these people as well. And they have to put pressure on, on nations that are influencing this, uh, causing this to happen, inspiring this. and. Uh, we have to really step up and do something. Okay, thank you. Glory to Jesus Christ. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. And what you heard was an interview with me because I was there. I was there in solidarity with my fellow Christians and fellow Eastern Catholics who live in Iraq and who are enduring the most horrific, horrific persecution. Something you don't hear very much about in the media, regrettably, but you will hear about it here on Light of the East. So I'm glad you're tuning in, especially today. It's a very sober, solemn program, but always, of course, that is offset by our hope, our hope in Jesus Christ, and our hope of the ultimate goodness of humanity in light of such horror and tragedy. What happened was, while people were worshiping at a church, Our Lady of Salvation Church in Baghdad, which is a Assyrian Catholic church, also known as a Chaldean Catholic church, and one of the Eastern Catholic churches, Terrorists came in, Muslim extremists, and they massacred the people over a period of four hours, all kinds of horror and torture. And we have here someone who can speak to us firsthand about the situation. Her name is Julia Tamarazi. 
And Juliana has been a good friend of ours here on Light of the East. I've heard her before, and she's back here again, only under the most sobering of circumstances. Juliana, welcome again to Light of the East. Father Tom, thanks for having me. And it's unfortunate that I always have to come and bear the bad news, but this is the reality that the Iraqi Christians are living in. So tell us what happened exactly. On October 31st at 5 p.m., the Day of All Saints, the Assyrians had come together in the Church of Our Lady of Salvation to celebrate the All Saints Day. And because within the last few months there has been a sense of security in in Baghdad, uh, quite a few families had decided to return from their refugee status from Syria and come back and start living again in Baghdad. So the church was filled with over 120 people, uh, 120 uh, faithful Assyrians there. And the militants, Islamic militants, as a form of diversion, they detonated a bomb next to the Baghdad Stock Exchange, which happened to be across the street from the church. But the entire uh, intention that they had was to attack the church. They entered the church after the detonation of the bomb across from the stock exchange. They entered the church. There were about eight militants there. One of them had a Yemeni accent. He was 14 years old, believe it or not. They held uh, members of the church hostage. They had grouped them in different corners of the church. At first, they stormed the church. They started shooting people. The first victim was a child because he was crying, Mm. along with his mother. And... They came in, they held them as hostages, they started shooting them, they threw hand grenades in the groups of Christians, and at the end, when they noticed that the Iraqi forces are storming the church, the Yemeni boy went underneath the cross, jumped on the altar, and detonated his uh, explosive vest, which was filled with ball bearings to increase the damage. In the meantime, two priests had been killed, uh, one of them Father Athir and the other Father Wasim, and along with them, 58 other faithful, and 75 were wounded. This was truly a very dark day in our history. And there has been basically a kind of a systematic persecution of Christians in Iraq been going on for a little while, hasn't it? Oh, but, but this, of course, is, is, is one of the most horrific of, of these circumstances. The persecution of the Assyrians in the Middle East has really started since the rise of Islam but especially it has been escalated since 2003. The ethnic cleansing has been going on in the northern part of Iraq, and the religious cleansing has been happening in the Baghdad and southern part of Iraq. There were 1.4 million Christians in Iraq prior to 2003. Now we have about 500,000 left. The ethnic cleansing in the north, that has to do with culture and ethnicity, right? In other words, who's doing this? Who's cleansing who? The Kurdish regime has taken advantage of the situation, of the situation since 2003. People have been fleeing up to the northern part where the Kurdish regional government is. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the Assyrians are entering that region, they say, if you want a job, if you want to uh, be able to go to school and work and live in our region, you have to fill out forms that denounces that you're an Assyrian. You have to say, I'm a Kurdish Christian. Mm. So... This is how we're ethnically being cleansed in the, in the cleansed in the northern part. And in the southern part, as you say, just like is the case with this church, this massacre at the church, it's about a religious cleansing. So it's basically Muslim extremists trying to wipe out Christianity, correct? Correct, correct. 
Bin Laden has said repeatedly that we will not rest until Iraq becomes an Islamic state. In fact, these atrocities have been committed by a group called the Islamic State of Iraq. In response to this, Juliana, as the listeners heard at the beginning of the program, you and I and others across the world, really, took part in a rally recently. Yes, we here in the, in the United States, in the state of California, in Arizona, Illinois, Michigan, and also New York, a lot of us Assyrians took to the streets doing a peaceful rally, really. But throughout the world, we've had Australia participating, Germany, England, Holland. So this this truly is the first time that us Assyrians of the Middle East have come together in unity, showing our solidarity. Mm -hmm. And not only we want to show the world and talk about the bloodbath, we are demanding a resolution. We want a solution for our people. And your listeners have always been so kind to our community, to our organization. I can tell you briefly what your millions of listeners can do to help show their solidarity and hopefully bring some solution to this very dire situation. Yes. On our website, IraqiChristianRelief.org, mm-hmm. there is a petition that can be signed. The petition basically asks, demands the American government to provide security for our people in Iraq. So by signing that petition, you're voicing your opinion to the government. We also are pleading with the American government to help the Iraqi government to get established. Father Tom, there isn't any substantial government in Iraq, therefore this chaos. So we're asking America to step up and help create uh, an established government in Iraq. We are also asking for your listeners to possibly put pressure on the bishops, on their parishes, on their priests, so they can put, in turn put pressure on the American government to provide security. We, in Iraq, need our own militia. We don't have militia. We don't have weapons. We need our own to protect our own. So this is somehow in another way that your listeners can get involved. Also, if they would like to hear our presentation, we travel throughout the country, uh, on our website, you can send us an email, you can contact us, and we can travel anywhere within the United States to, to present the cause of the Iraqi Christians. A lot of these families that have given martyrs today, mm-hmm. especially during this last attack, many husbands have been killed, many children have become orphans, and we have projects that we can support or the orphanage that is specifically uh, a Christian orphanage. We can provide funding to those widows that don't have their husband any longer because of this attack. So there are a lot of ways. If your listeners want to adopt a family, per se, uh, specifically, we can help them adopt a family from afar to sponsor a family, help on a monthly basis, financially as well. We are a 501c3 organization, and if you go on our website, Father Loya, thanks to you, we had launched uh, a campaign called Faith, Hope, Endurance, back Mm -hmm. earlier this summer, and we were able to raise $7,000, and we sent the money to the students that were attacked back on May 2nd, 2010. Uh, The students were going from their city to Mosul to take Mm -hmm. the final test, and four buses were bombed, and the glass shattered in their faces. So we had about 180 students injured. We were able to provide help to 50 of them. Once again, Juliana, that website is what? IraqiChristianRelief.org. RockyChristianRelief.org, so that you can help also, not only to bring, help bring about Christian relief for those who are affected by this, 
you know, their physical needs and so on, but also to help bring about a solution, to put pressure on the powers that be, the, the United Nations, United States, the Iraqi government, whoever we can, and other, especially, Julian, as you're doing, to especially to raise consciousness, to let the world know this is going on. You, see, you hear so little about it in the news. I'm not sure why the American media is not opening up its door to, to provide more coverage on this. If uh, there's a bus that uh, was filled with Muslims, every CNN or other other venues, ABC, Fox News, everybody talks about it repeatedly. But when it comes to the Iraqi Christian devastation, it is not reported. It's not being reported. And unfortunately, I've been pondering this question, but I can't find an answer. And we are an advocacy organization as well. We're all volunteers. And you have no idea how many doors we have knocked to the media doors to get more coverage, to get face time, to get, uh, you know, air time. And frankly, you and a few other very reputable uh, um, radio stations have only been the ones that have responded to this cause. And we're eternally grateful to all of you. And we'll continue to do what we can for this cause, Juliana. Thank you again for being here on Light of the East. And once again, the website is IraqiChristianRelief.org. Thank you again, Juliana. And thank you, Father Tom. God bless you and your listeners. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. This Thanksgiving, as we give thanks for our blessings and bounty, remember those who are less fortunate by supporting your parishes, diocesan, or a parochial food drive. I am Father Thomas Loya. You are listening to the cries and lamentations of the Holy Father's spiritual children of the Eastern Catholic Churches in Iraq. These modern-day martyrs are experiencing a genocide at the hands of people who are seeking to purge the entire Middle Eastern world of Christianity, while the rest of the world takes little notice. Within the recent years, thousands of Eastern Catholics in Iraq have become martyrs for Christ. The rest have become refugees. Help the vulnerable children of Christ in Iraq. Now, by donating at IraqiChristianRelief.org. IraqiChristianRelief.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and we're here once again, of course, with our good friend Katie Goulis. And Katie, this was a very sobering first half of the program, but there are other events as well that are happening that are very germane to our theme here of the Eastern Churches. One of those surprising is happening in the Western Church. That's right, Father Tom. We have an article here from the Daily Telegraph, which is a, a British newspaper. And this article is by Tim Ross, and it's about the Church of England being in crisis. And it says, Five bishops are to resign from the Church of England to lead the defection of hundreds of Anglicans to Rome. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Dr. Rowan Williams, is expected to announce the resignations as parishes across the country meet to discuss the Pope's offer to accommodate defected Anglicans within the Roman Catholic Church. Senior Catholics are finalizing plans for a new group for Anglican converts who cannot accept women bishops and a detailed timetable for its formation could be announced as early as next week. 
The defections have been triggered by a vote at the General Synod of the Church of England in July to support divisive plans for women to be ordained as bishops in England for the first time. A compromise plan backed by Dr. Williams was rejected, leaving many opponents of women's ordination with no option but to consider leaving the church. Pope Benedict announced last year that he would create a new body known as the English Ordinariate for Church of England traditionalists who wish to switch allegiance to Rome while retaining some of their Anglican traditions. Does this sound familiar at all, Father Tom? Lambeth Palace is expected to confirm the resignations of the Bishop of Fulham, the Right Reverend John Broadhurst, the Bishop of Richborough, the Right Reverend Keith Newton, the Bishop of Evsfleet, the Right Reverend Andrew Burnham, and two retired bishops, the Right Reverend Edwin Barnes, Honorary Assistant Bishop of Winchester, and the Right Reverend David Silk, Honorary Assistant Bishop of Exeter. The five are said to be dismayed at the liberal reforms to the church in recent decades and intend to join the ordinariate in pursuit of unity with Rome when the new body is established next year. They will cease pastoral work, which includes the oversight of Anglican parishes that are opposed to women priests, as soon as their resignations are announced, although they will remain officially in post until the end of December. Sources on both sides expect about 25 groups, each typically containing approximately 20 converts, to follow the path to Rome. The estimate suggests up to 500 individuals will join the ordinariate in the first wave, with more expected to follow once it has become established. Church wardens are arranging meetings to discuss the move in parishes across England. St. Peter's in Folkestone, in the Archbishop of Canterbury's own diocese, became the first parish to declare publicly that it intended to join the ordinariate last month. Holy Trinity in Reading is expected to make a decision on whether to follow in the next weeks. Meetings are also planned at St. John the Baptist Church in Kent and Holy Trinity in Whitmore Hill in North London. Father David Elliott, a parish priest at Holy Trinity in Reading, said many Anglo-Catholics felt squeezed by liberal reforms in the Church of England. For congregations like this, it is a big moment in their history, he said. These decisions aren't made lightly. I haven't resigned, but I don't see that there can be a future for Catholics within the Church of England. My own future, I think, does lie in the Roman Catholic Church, but I can't say when that will be. Obviously, I have got to weigh up my responsibilities to the congregation. Well, Katie, you said that this sounds familiar, and that's why I had you read it to our audience. And why is it familiar? It's familiar because this is what happened to a lot of our churches when those of us um, back in the, what was it, 16th and 15th centuries Mm -hmm. decided that we wanted to leave the Eastern Orthodox churches and come back in communion with the Church of Rome. Right. So, we're watching this with great, great interest. <laughs> Although those who are in the Eastern Catholic churches, sometimes we're called the uniate churches, which uh, kind of has a double meaning today. But it tended to mean basically that we are the churches from the Eastern Orthodox churches that reunited with Rome. Therefore, we are in union with Rome. So we, they were called this uniate, uniate churches. So the uniate churches, those in union with Rome from formerly the Orthodox churches, are watching what are now these reunions of parts of the Anglican Church. One of the reasons why it's so interesting is because the reunions from the Eastern Catholic Churches were what we call partial reunions. In fact, that's one of the reasons why there is sometimes a lot of tension ecumenically between the Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church about our reunions, because they say they were partial reunions. It's like the West took pieces of the East instead of the whole Church into communion. And so we have a similar situation happening here. It may have been exactly the same. There's different terminologies. They're calling it an ordinariate and so on. But there are similarities at the same time. 
there's parts of the Anglican Church that are coming back into communion with Rome, just the way that the Eastern Catholic Churches did, such as ours. So we're going to watch this with great interest. First of all, it's always good to see union or reunion, as it were, and especially if it's coming as a result of what is a unhappiness with developments in the church, in the Anglican Church, that are not in accord with Scripture, the patristic tradition, and so on. So it is going to be interesting for us to see. We have the of the Eastern Catholic churches, the Uniate churches, as it were, who went through these partial reunions to see how it's going to work in the modern day in the West. It kind of came as a bit of a surprise to us, and it's very curious. So we wish the best for our brethren in the Roman Catholic Church, you know, for the Holy Father. And we hope that in time, obviously, which is part of the point and mission of this whole program like the East, then we all get back together. We all come back once again in union with each other in that one body of Christ, both East and West. We retain our Eastern and Western identities, but yet we become one again. What? Not like a marriage. You know, a woman and a man always retain who they are. They have to be completely and totally and honestly as perfectly as possible who they are as man and woman, yet they become one in marriage. It's the great mystery. Church is the same way. You have East being who it, who it truly is, the West being who it truly is, or so we're supposed to do this. And then at the same time, though, being one, united with each other. That's how it started out. That's how it's supposed to be. We've had this little schism and breakup interruption in between for far too long. But we hope and pray and work towards that unity, which is part of the mission of this program, Light of the East. There's one more thing in the news as well, having to do with the Eastern Catholic churches in Europe. That's right, Father Tom. This is from Zenit.org, and it is about the Eastern bishops underlying communion with Rome. And it says, the Eastern Catholic bishops of Europe are underlining their full communion with the See of Peter as part of the criteria for ecclesiology of the churches. This is one of the conclusions of an annual meeting of the Eastern Catholic bishops, which concluded Sunday in Sofia. The theme of the meeting, which was sponsored by the Council of European Bishops Conference, the CCEE, was the ecclesiological criteria of the Eastern Catholic Churches and the reality today. It also marked the 150th anniversary of the Union of Bulgaria's Eastern Catholic Church with Rome. Some 350 prelates representing various Eastern churches of Europe took part in the meeting, along with Cardinal Peter Erdo, CCEE President, Cardinal Leonardo Sardi, Prefect of the Congregation for Eastern Churches, and other representatives of the dicastery. Members of the Pontifical Council of Migrants and Travelers also participated. The next annual meeting of Eastern Bishops will take place at Oradea, Romania, on the theme, You Will Be My Witness, The Evangelization in Europe's Eastern Catholic Churches. Well, Katie, it's interesting that as we're watching with great interest the ordinariates, you know, in other words, the Anglicans coming to the Roman Catholic Church in partial reunions. It's interesting that in, in Europe, the Eastern Catholic churches, who are in union, you know, they are those quote-unquote unique churches, have reaffirmed their belief in, in their solidity with the Pope of Rome. In other words, they're, they're saying they believe in this union when they could very well have uh, questioned it because it has had its ups and downs, it's had its imperfections, and yet they reaffirmed it. So it's kind of interesting that these two things are happening in the news together. In the Byzantine calendar this day, we have the feast of the entrance of the Mother of God into the temple. This is a feast that helps to usher in the what in the West would be called the Advent season. In the Eastern churches, it would be called the seasons of the Philip's fast. The season of the Philip's fast. And there was a fasting penitential season in preparation for the coming of our Lord in the flesh on Christmas Day. It is rather providential that as we enter this season, 
a season in which we also are mindful of the massacre of the innocents, which occurred after Christ was born in that same land, the Middle Eastern part of the world where Christ was born, where Christianity was birthed. It is providential that we speak to you today of the massacre of innocent people in Iraq, in that same Middle Eastern region of the world. We don't want you to forget them. We want you to pray for them and pray for protection, solution, salvation, for peace and love in that very special place of the world. And to help you not to forget, we once again bring to you the sounds of this suffering people. I thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. CRI, Catholic Radio International.com.